Hello and welcome to the ESG Fitness Podcast. The aim of this podcast is to help you think, learn and grow and hopefully smile and laugh on the way too. My aim here is to break down your barriers to taking action and provide you with evidence-based diet and exercise information in a fun and interesting way. I hope I nail that and I hope you enjoy. If at any point you are enjoying this and you think, wouldn't it be great to work with Emma? You can head to esgfitness.co.uk to find out more information. Without further ado, because I hate long introductions, here is this episode. Hello and welcome to the first live of Commit to Six July. Very exciting. We have the full team. Hello and welcome. Oh to God, the first every time. Live. Right. There must be a setting on Zoom that stops that happening. And you forget about it every time, don't you? I don't. I'm waiting. Like that's why I'm always a bit like okay, looks like I'm not concentrating at the start. So I'm waiting to press to press pause. But I never get there quite soon enough. One day. One day. Anyway, how is everyone? Loving life in the sunshine. It is incredible, isn't it? She's right. Just like, oh, life is great. Life is great. Tracy's here. Perfect timing. Just finished my workout. Excellent. Okay, right. What we need to go over on this live, we've got a couple of questions, I think, not that many. By now, you should have an email with the targets that I have set you. You should have access to the workouts on the app there are gym workouts there are dumbbell workouts and there are home workouts so whichever set you want to do absolutely fine can you mix them up yes if one day you can't get to the gym absolutely do a home workout like there is no excuse not to get your workout in now because you have access to both or all um what else often get up, gets us so there is also the example skeleton meal plans which i think from my excessive like cap locks typing has actually finally gotten home to be like, those are not your meal plans. They are just examples from which you would then have to build up to your calories. And the reason that we give these is because we know that for some people who are just starting, just giving calorie targets is really hard because you don't know what that looks like in food. So this is a bit of a like middle ground between meal plans, which also aren't helpful, and um, tracking, which will be helpful at some point, but is maybe you're not like not quite there yet. So it's a nice middle ground to give you some structure. Love Loving the sunglasses, Shana. Does anyone else have anything to add on? Like, uh... You know, when you're really distracted by your own hair, I was like, no, 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 that's not working. I'll put the sunglasses I, I have one bit like that as well today. I don't know where that's come from. I but always have those just flapping maybe, about. Maybe, what do you think about a fringe? A fringe with two hairs, yep, I love it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah bold a bold statement <laughs> yeah Andy's got it a little bit as well Andy your the is like absolutely gorgeous today it's like as if you just effortlessly it's called it's called it's called waking up <laughs> really? woke up like this oh we have a question okay if I have a calorie target of 1700 can I up this with exercise like the pay my sorry the my fitness pile adds on calories based on your steps no this is such a good question though Alison thank you for bringing it up so I might have forgotten to say this everybody turn off the calorie burn on your apple watch fitbit whatever you're using because it's massively inaccurate and it, it often means that people are doing everything right 
and not getting results and it's so frustrating for me because like I don't know I don't know why this isn't working for me because I'm like sticking to what my watch says and that often doesn't work because it overestimates how much you're expending during exercise that's a really good question and make sure that you turn that off uh Leanne is just asking how much water would you all recommend a day please oh quite a good question given how hot it is mm -hmm. I think more like, than with, normal just now <laughs> yeah with weather like this you want to be drinking a bit more than you normally would and I think most people people could probably do with drinking a bit more just generally anyway I would always recommend like you have like a glass of water or juice or something with like each of your meals and then maybe have like a drink with a snack as well at least like as like a minimum and drink to thirst as well like our bodies are pretty good at regulating our hydration and you can also like if you wanted to like look at your pee in the toilet and be like if it's really dark color then you know you need to drink a bit more it smells like sugar puffs yeah <laughs> but it smells like sugar puffs you might have diabetes so we speak to your doctor about that <laughs> slightly worrying <laughs> Well, that's how they used to know. That's how they used to test it. It's like if you had like sweet pee. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, the other thing I'll add about this, because it's quite interesting, is that the whole eight glasses of water a day came from research that was looking at how much fluids, like, well, actually, yeah, fair enough, how much water you need per day. But that doesn't mean you need to drink eight glasses of water a day. This water was coming from all sources. So it might be like the coffee that you're drinking. It might be I mean, it would probably even include things like alcohol, but what most people overlook is that a lot of food has a lot of water in it. So if you're eating quite a lot of vegetables, like they're like almost all water, like an iceberg lettuce or cucumber, it is just water with a bit of crunch. Like there's barely even any fiber in there. So bear that in mind. So I probably don't need to overhydrate. Now, as um, Catherine just said, like your body's very good at managing your hydration levels. So nothing bad will happen if you drink too much well unless you go way too far but if you drink a little bit too much water you will just pee more which isn't really a problem it might get a little bit annoying but it's not really a problem but that's because your body is so good at keeping its preferred hydration levels that it will increase thirst when it's like oh, we don't have enough water here and it will get rid of excess water when you have too much so it likes to keep quite a um, tight balance on that Okay, Sarah, any advice on how to meet my protein goals when I am predominantly plant-based? Shona, you just did a great post on this. Oh, yes, I did. It was oh, yes, I did. That was me. Thank <laughs> Thank you. Also, that all look, all of the food looks real tasty. Well, that was the main thing that I was really proud of because um, I'm, I didn't ever think that I was a good cook. And then I spent all of lockdown just like trying to become a better cook. And so all those pictures, I was like, Shona, that looks amazing. So yeah, um, I do eat chicken and fish now, but I try to eat as much non-meat sort of the protein as possible. So um, I eat a lot of cheese and I snack on cheese. So that would probably be the main source of, of my, or dairy as well. So it does get a little bit more difficult if you're vegan, but I also put on that post, there's tofu, seitan, tempeh, um, yeah, there's lo there's loads of meat free, dairy free um things in the shop now, so you'll be absolutely fine. And don't put too much pressure on yourself to get it straight away, like a hundred grams. Like it will take a little bit of time and problem solving to get there. Yeah, yeah. Just, Even if you start from where you are and just think, how can I improve mm. on where I am? 
Sorry, what were you saying, Andy? It's, it's the same with people who are who do eat meat um, will still struggle to get their protein up, especially the targets, because when people start to track food, they realise how little protein they're actually intaking per day. So everybody will need to do a little bit of planning and prepping just to make sure that your meals are going to hit your targets for your protein across the day. Um, so, yeah, just everybody be aware of that one. That's something that will come across the board. Yeah, and there's the really, really basic tip on that is like build each of your meals around your protein source. So you're thinking about that as your first thing. And then also just your portion sizes. This is so underrated, but people are like, oh, I don't know what else I could possibly have for protein. I'm already having Greek yogurt and I have chicken for lunch and I have whatever. And I'm only getting 80 grams. And it's like you don't need another protein like source. You just need to slightly increase potentially all of your servings. I quite like um, like mixing different protein sources in my meals. So say, for example, if you're having, I don't know, like a salad with chicken on it or like some vegetarian style chicken and you're really sick of it and you don't want to add even more of it, then you can add something else on the side. But again, like it kind of weighs up, like, do you have enough options of protein sources? And if not, is the easiest option actually just increasing that protein source that's already there, like Emma suggested. Um, but yeah, I quite like including, I think it was a tip that I got from Shona, it was like baby bell lights. So I add those into my salad on top of like vegetarian chicken chunk things. And it's quite a nice little mix. The so if you reduce your meat, advice. sorry, what was that? Isn't that piece of advice that you asked us to bring? No, I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> baby bells. That was my second one. It was going to be many baby bell lights. Oh, all right. Um, uh, Catherine, have you stopped eating meat as well? I haven't stopped eating meat, but I eat a lot less meat. So mm. if I'm like cooking at home, I'll predominantly have like plant-based things. You know, like this isn't chicken. I'll still eat fish. So I have like canned tuna or I have salmon. Um, but yeah, no meat. Yeah. So I gave up meat, but I have to, I have to like be completely honest with everyone because I felt bad myself about this. I was at a wedding last weekend and I just ate chicken and I didn't even ask for a vegetarian option. Like there was one. And I was just like, I'm just going to eat this chicken, <laughs> which is really bad. And the other thing that, that's really sad that's happened is I've basically just been replacing meat with eggs. And then last week I ate an egg that was, there was something wrong with it. I think it was slightly too raw and also maybe something else. I don't know, but it just didn't sit well with me. And now I can't even think about eggs. And I'm like, I don't know what, I don't know what I'm going to do. Cause it's, it's actually, if you're vegetarian, I think it's actually quite easy. Like being a vegetarian, I don't think that's a massive deal. Being vegan is really well, I don't, do you know what? Most people do it incredibly well, but you do need to think about it that little bit more. I think it can be harder to like eat less energy, eat less energy, eat less calories as well if you're vegan, because you have to have like really big portion sizes if you're having like plant-based things and it can be really filling as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And also like even things like ideally you'd eat even more protein because the protein quality is a little bit lower with like plant-based protein sources, so, which makes it again, even harder. Anyway, we won't, we won't dwell on this for too long. Like there's another question here. Um, Zoe Puck, I've been advised before to try and intake at least 140 grams of protein a day as someone who strength trains. 
and my protein goal seems low at 100 grams. Shall I stick to the higher? Yeah. So 100 grams is a minimum target that we set you. If you want to eat more than that, absolutely fine. What's quote unquote like normally optimal for people is about two grams per kilogram body weight. But we like to set realistic targets. And I think this is another really good example of like the law of diminishing returns here. Like how much more are you going to get from that extra 40 grams of protein? And there's really interesting research in this area that shows that 20 grams of protein will almost maximally stimulate muscle protein synthesis. If you double that to 40 grams, you do get an elevation in MPS levels, but it's 10% increase. So you've had to double it for only a 10% increase. For some people like bodybuilders, that might be absolutely worth it. For the vast majority of people looking to have life balance and get in great shape, it's probably not worth it because I'm not, what I'm not saying is you'll get a 10% increase in the amount of muscle you build. That probably would be worth it. What I'm saying is rates of muscle protein synthesis increased by 10%. That doesn't even, we don't know that that actually transfers to increased muscle mass at the end of the day. There's many other factors that would come into that. So just bear that in mind that the difference between 100 grams of protein and 140 grams of protein might not be worth the extra effort for some people. Yeah, popping on Claire's question there, Adam, she's just asking about protein as well. It's about recommending protein shakes. Um, supplementation, we don't really, there's not very much that we recommend supplement-wise, but protein is something that probably would if you struggle to get protein in across the course of the day. Um, it is an easy option to get in protein. Um, some of them taste like crap. Some of them taste really good. It's about trying to find which ones you prefer. There are also loads of different options. Whey option, which is the one I usually go for. Um, but there are plenty of options for like vegan stuff, vegetarian stuff, um, lactose-free, you name it. It's all there. So there's plenty of ideas that you can use for um, supplementation on protein. That's a good question, actually. General supplements, Andy, what would you suggest? A protein for me, because it's generally something that clients do struggle to try to get up. Um, creatine, which is the, the age old one that we discuss regularly, um, three to five grams daily for life. Um, so creatine is just, it's probably the most researched supplement on the market. It's very good for, for helping add to lean muscle. Um, endurance, um, there's a lot of studies going into cognitive um ability as well with your with um, creatine so yeah it's something that's very underrated and especially for people who are vegetarian and vegan um is well worth um recommending to supplement yeah you'll stand to benefit the most because you probably have the least in your diet and then i would add as well like maybe we do a post about this or like if anyone is vegan or vegetarian but actually I'm going to just say vegan there are some extra supplements that you will probably benefit from because you'll likely struggle to get those nutrients in in your diet and this is the best way to think about supplementation rather than I guess the best way to think about it is what am I lacking in my diet and can I amend my diet to improve that and if not e.g if you've decided to be vegan then how can I supplement it to make sure that I am getting in these essential nutrients rather than like a lot of people look to supplements for like quick fixes or magic cures or some amazing thing that's going to be the secret behind fat loss and like none of them are they're all like like the cherry on the cake or as I said if you're deficient for some reason then making sure that you're not deficient is again really important 
Okay, Sarah, hi. I'm about to go on my two week holiday. My mental fight with food is what I would love to improve on this time as I usually go crazy and feel miserable. I spent most of the time thinking about diet and whether I'm on or off. Need this. Oh, it just says need this. But anyway, I think she's saying any advice, please. I think that a lot of people come away from commit to six having improved their relationship with food and that is what is so great about this program I think your goal is amazing and it's going to set you up for long-term success um so it sounds like you've had a kind of bad experience with dieting and you're kind of like preoccupied with food this is a really good time for people to do commit six because you're you're routine is kind of different you're going holiday you might be invited to like barbecues and nights out and festivals or maybe the kids are on summer holidays and you're having to like run around after them so everything's kind of out of kilter so this is really good we are here to support you through this different schedule and life happens like I think with them some people think with these with other other six week challenges that they have to be perfect and they have to be so strict for six weeks. That's not what this is about. This is about learning how to enjoy all aspects of life, whether that's being disciplined or whether that's enjoying social events and drinking and eating out and have them all together in the same space and just living your best life. So um, it, it, will, it will take work, but that, that is a great goal and we are here to support you with that. Yeah, and I think one of the most important things about especially things like your mental approach to food is a lot of the time you've heard the same messages again and again, like it's okay to eat this, but then there's still something in the back of your head being like, yeah, but chocolate's bad or like, yeah, but someone told me I shouldn't eat fruit when I'm dieting and, and like there's still this little voice. And this is where I can't emphasize enough how useful journaling is, like writing down these thoughts. And once you write them down, you're kind of like, of course I could like I do understand energy balance of course I can have a little bit of chocolate and actually the problem is I usually tell myself that once I've had that bit of chocolate that I've been quote-unquote bad and then I continue to eat it and then I feel guilty about it and then I feel like I've undone my hard work and then I think what's the point in any of this I never get any results then you give up which is like a, a bit of a spiral but once you start writing these things down and you start noticing them and you start kind of rationalizing them and you ask yourself like okay well how would I reframe that what would I tell a friend like actually where is the problem here and it's usually your response to these things so if you go on holiday and you tell yourself well I'm on holiday like doesn't matter I'm just going to overeat and overindulge and you've said here that it makes you feel miserable when you do that and you go completely off track like these are the patterns that you're noticing in yourself and once you notice them it is that like I'm not saying it's then easy to change them but noticing them is that first step and I think it's really impressive. And by the way, I think there's about 90% of this intake are going on holiday at some point, which I think is even more impressive because it shows so many things to us as your coaches and also to yourself. Like it shows how serious you are. A lot of people are like, I'm going on holiday this time. I'll just start next time. And I'm like, I'm fine with that. Like there's no way I do any pushy sales, but the people who start knowing they have a holiday are the kind of people who don't delay things and who are, hundred percent more likely to get results because they're like I guess they're in the headspace where like I know I don't need to put my life on hold to get these results and that's exactly what we want for you like like Shona's saying we want you to live your life to the fullest while you're also creating a bit of a deficit and losing body fat like it's not putting your life on hold 
And I think some people think, well, then I'm half doing it. Like I'm only half asking it if I don't put in the full effort. And it's the complete opposite. Like if you put your life on hold for fat loss, then at some point you'll have to go back to that life. And then you'll just be reliving that life that made you overweight in the first place. And you will go back to where you started. Like that's essentially what yo-yo dieting is continuously. Whereas if you can integrate these two things, that's long-term results. And you absolutely can. I know it may seem for some people, depending on like the headspace you're starting on in, that that's impossible, but it's completely not. Like you can live an incredible life. And I, I would like to think we all do and stay in great shape or, and get in great shape. And that's exactly like our principles. And that's how we teach you to do these things. And that is why it's maintainable. And that is why without being like too cheesy, if you really commit to the six weeks and by commit, I don't mean doing everything absolutely perfectly. I mean, really embrace it, like get involved, don't give up. If you do have a bad week, if you do have a bad day, if you do have a bad meal, if you if you have a wobble, message us, reach out to us, comment in the group. Like if you commit to doing that, these six weeks can change your life. Like if you fully engage in this program and you're like, I'm, I'm ready to put all that yo-yo dieting behind me and I'm ready for this to be different this time, and this time when I struggle at week three, because I know I have this dip in motivation, I'm not going to give up. I'm going to reach out or I'm going to lower the barrier or do you know what? I've, I've already committed to this. So I'm just going to do it even on the days I don't feel like doing it. And you'll notice that that motivation comes back again. Like it comes in waves and sometimes it doesn't make any sense, but you have to do it even on the days you don't feel motivated. Uh, yeah, basically. I'll stop my preaching now. Okay, Alison, would you suggest 20 to 25 grams of protein per meal, please? Yes, I would suggest that of high quality protein. And I guess this kind of comes back to what we were talking about, re-vegan sources of protein. Some of them are really good, but some of them, most of them have quite low levels of um, amino acid called leucine, which is really important for triggering muscle protein synthesis. This is why like animal protein sources tend to be slightly better in those ways. Um, so I would, I would consider maybe closer to 30 grams if you can, if it's uh, a source of protein that's low in leucine. Zoe, is the step goal 10K all round or do we get an individual one? It's actually 12K all round um because we like to burst to be, the bubble yeah we like to be like 20 percent better than everybody else. everybody else um but what i will say about this is the real step goal is more than what you've been doing and remember that steps are just a crude measure of energy expenditure if you're like oh my god i only get three thousand steps but by the way i i cycle an hour and a half to work and back every day like that's fine it doesn't directly translate to steps it doesn't matter. You're, you're, you have like a level of energy expenditure. Um, but the reason that step goals are quite generic is because I strongly feel that everyone should be active. And I would set as a bare minimum 8,000 steps. Now, I know that we have some people on this intake, especially because I've obviously read through all your information, who are at the moment quite sedentary. The last thing I want is for you to be put off by that. Please, please, please know that if you're doing 2000 steps a day at the moment and you increase to 4,000 steps a day, that is phenomenal. Please don't think of like 8,000 steps as not doable. So it's no point in me trying. Like that would be like the worst outcome in this. And I can't like, I really struggle to articulate how important this is 
but an increase of steps from 2000 to 4000 is far more impactful to your health than an increase in steps, the same increase of 2000 steps from 8000 to 10,000. The less steps you do, the more important it is that you increase your steps. And this will have significant increases to your health like and your longevity and how actually how long you will live like it could not be more important and there's incredible data to support this so if you are someone who has a low step count please see that as like even more motivating motivation just to get a little bit more and I guarantee by the end of the six weeks maybe you will be hitting that 8,000 steps or that 10,000 steps but don't like yeah don't um see that as such a big goal that that you don't even start like anything if you're on a low step count your goal this week is to do more steps than you did last week and then we'll do the same again the next week um okay liana i have a spa day on wednesday lovely where we get cake and smoothies and treats and i'd normally struggle and just be like i've had cake blown it now might as well go off all day um, would you allow calories and the cake and then carry on with my day? I know I struggle with this. Thoughts? Good options on all around here. You could just do it, write it off, realise that that day is not going to be going towards fat loss if that is your goal, because I don't actually know what your goal is. Um, or you could allow some calories day before um, or a couple of days before. Um, maybe 100 calories per day dropping what your normal your normal calorie intake is don't savage them though don't uh, this whole thing about this is the one thing that people struggle with with saving calories is when they start to savage their daily calories so try and trying to claim back like three four hundred a day that's just that's where that's just ready to go wrong 100 calories probably is about enough um, and then once you've got the spa day out of the way you're back to business I think it's the same thing as the holiday. People with something from the last commit to six and people on committed just now, because obviously it's the holiday season. Um, the number of people who have been away on holiday, they've been mindful of what they've eaten. They've just made good choices. They've still enjoyed themselves. They've still had a couple of extra drinks. They've still been able to eat a cake or a dessert. Um, but when they come back, they get back on, back on track. So don't allow the holiday to overrun. So don't allow the spa day to overrun. As soon as it's done, next day you're back on track. You're back to your calorie targets, your protein targets. There's no guilt in it. There's no, like, we're all adults. You can eat what you want. Like, there's nothing that's off the table. So don't stress about us judging you for what you're doing. We're all, we'll all at some point have a treat. We'll treat ourselves. We'll, but, you know, it's the impact afterwards. You don't take any guilt out of it um, and you get back to business. Agreed. Yeah, and with all this stuff, like, as Andy's saying, you're adults, you have unconditional permission to eat whatever you want, whenever you want. But some of those choices will be in line with your goals and some of them won't be. And that's a choice you're making because it's your goal. So if fat loss is your goal, then in this instance, I'd be like, yeah, okay, if I want to have the cake, I need to make sure that I account for that. So I'm going to drop my calories by a couple hundred calories over the week. As Andy's saying, like, let's do, if you're going on Wednesday, let's do Monday, Tuesday, you're on 100 calories less than your target. So that on average over the week, it evens out so that you're still hitting your average calorie target over the week. And remember, that's what will dictate fat loss, not how many calories you ate on Monday or on a certain day. It's your averages over time. And if you extrapolate that out, like even more broadly, your averages over the month potentially, but we tend to work in weeks. 
So, you know, if you did have a week where you're like, oh, it's the week before my period, I have loads of cravings and I'd actually prefer to bring my calories up to maintenance, fine. And then you're in a deficit the rest of the month. You will still lose body fat at the end of the month. So just remember that we're looking at a deficit over time as opposed to like certain days. Um, But yeah, and the other option is like, have the cake and it'd be over calories and get right back on it the next day as well. But you just have to accept that you'll be in a smaller deficit that week. So you will lose slightly less body fat that week. I think as well, is also fine. I think as well, like when you're looking at managing saving calories for like indulgences like that, you have to also like choose your indulgences quite carefully sometimes. Like you you can't have like everything. You can have like pick what is like what is it that you'd say, Emma, your puck? Yes, like pick your puck, yeah. yeah. I was just thinking this because Zoe's last name is Puck. And I was like, perfect. (laughs) I was like, oh, Zoe Puck, yes or no? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. which is a great, like, I mean, Liana, this sounds like a puck, yes. You're going for a spa day, you're getting some cake, you're going to have smoothies and treats. Like, it sounds like it's a nice event that you're going to. But this might be a good example of like puck, yes or no. Okay, so the cake I'm already thinking about I'm so excited for it like that's a puck yes you're already talking about it that's exciting for you and and you're looking forward to it but the smoothies you might be like I'm not that fast and do remember that like smoothies are often labeled quite quite healthy but they've got like a ton of calories in and you might you might be like I want the cake but I'm gonna give the the treats and the smoothies a miss and I'll enjoy the cake I'll enjoy the hell out of it but the rest of it isn't a puck yes for me so I'm gonna say no and by that, like, like Catherine is saying, it's just choosing your indulgences. Like if you're looking through a menu in the restaurant and you're looking at the desserts and, and nothing is jumping out at you, you don't get a dessert. Like it's not a puck yes. Whereas if you've been thinking all week about that amazing cake that you're having on Wednesday and you're really looking forward to it, that's a puck yes. And the same is true for things like uh, I went and got ice cream yesterday and one of the flavors like was not a puck yes I just didn't eat it like if you if you're like oh I'm so looking forward to this and then it's not like if you get there and the cake is actually a bit dry you could be like oh well actually it's not really worth it so I'm not going to have it but again these are choices that you make and and as Catherine's saying you can't say yes to everything or you can but you also won't get results like (laughs) that's the way huh what was the it ice had, cream flavor? Do you know what? It sounded great. It had like banana in it. Absolutely not. Nope. But in reality... Nope. Nope. <laughs> you're right. No, no, no. That, that doesn't sound great. And it's obviously not going to taste great. Banana ice cream. Banana bananas? No. Not, not I think banana... I think bananas are delicious. Banana flavoured anything is disgusting. Absolutely. Because it always just tastes so chemically. It's like mm. literally drinking like bloody washing up liquid or, or bleach. That's what banana tastes like. It's like you can tell it's 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 like uranium. That's pretty much what it tastes like. I'm guessing that's what uranium. Oh tastes right, like. yeah, because the last time you had uranium. Actually, did you see? There's quite a funny meme on this one that uranium's got something. A like one gram of uranium has like a billion calories. In yeah. It. <laughs> yeah, that's mental. Also, Doctor Mike told me a story about why banana tastes or like why fake bananas taste the way they do because they taste nothing like real bananas and he said that bananas used to taste like that but how does he know 
Well, well, I mean, he wasn't there. But like, how do we know that's any what, of history that, can be? That's what I'm, but that's what I mean, though. Like, how does how does he know banana yeah, like taste, taste is subjective. So how yeah. how would we know that? Yeah, every like for instance, you were mentioned earlier on that cucumbers like ninety nine percent water, and I absolutely detest cucumber. I hate the taste. Yeah, but I mean, water like ribena is ninety nine percent water. But, as yeah, well, but you, but you love you like cucumber. I don't. It's all subjective. It's very much subjective. So yeah, but that doesn't mean it tastes different. Like nobody is saying that a fake banana tastes like a banana. Oh. Uh... The banana podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll argue about this offline. Yeah. Right. Okay. Um Pam, I've still got COVID, so may have to take it a bit easier this week with workouts. I'm assuming that's okay. Yes, please, please do. If anyone has or unfortunately gets COVID, take it easy as ha- like don't even think about doing the workouts. Message us first before you do the workouts, and we will ease you back in. There is absolutely no rush and you'll probably put yourself backwards if you rush. Okay, Louise, how do you track the calorie calories for recipes that only give calorie amounts for uncooked ingredients? Or is there not much difference in calories in cooked slash uncooked ingredients? There's a huge difference in calories for cooked and uncooked, depending on, for example, like pasta, massively different. Mm-hmm. How do you track calories for recipes that only give amounts for uncooked ingredients uncooked just 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 most stuff will be tracked uncooked anyway because things like pasta will pasta what doubles in weight goes from like 60 grams to 120 grams i was thinking this as well it probably depends how al dente you have your pasta true yeah yeah so it's, it's much more realistic to cook it sorry to track it raw uncooked raw pasta yeah so i would just track everything uncooked allison was about to ask if you recommend taking creatine yes we do liana sorry i missed the amount of creatine per day three to five grams and she's asking which brands you recommend honestly if you get any creatine monohydrate it doesn't matter i normally recommend my protein or bulk powders because i think that they're like the most cost effective ones but yeah None of them really matter. It's, it's, the, the creatine monohydrate is just creatine monohydrate. You you now yeah. get ones that are like flavoured and stuff. Has yeah. anyone ever tried them? Yes, I've got them. It's nice. The, uh, I've got the ones that like they, they melt in your mouth. They're like lemon flavoured. The only thing is I don't want to eat them in the morning because they're like sweets. Mm. Uh, I think I'm just going to get powder next time. It's so yeah. much Although you don't have to take it in the morning, but then I guess you might like, forget. No, if I was going to take it in the morning, like I wouldn't. Yeah. 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 yeah there's there's loads of different types of creatine, but as, it, as Emma said, monohydrates the only one that's actually been studied and is worth it. There's some. I think. Some... I think there are some other forms that have been studied but not shown to be better. So it's like, what's the point paying more yeah. for the same thing? Was it the crealkaline stuff that they reckoned was quicker moving? I think at one point, didn't they? They thought it was, but no studies. Okay, Sam. Hi, guys. Firstly, I'm not looking for excuses before I even start, but my daily calorie average target of 1700 feels low on top of my workouts, four to six a week, um, CrossFit, and that's lower than my basal metabolic rate. Oh, I don't think it would be lower than your basal metabolic rate. 
Um, let me recheck these, but I'm pretty sure. Can I can I answer this one? Um, is it fat loss calories? That yeah. Sample? Right. Okay. So I actually have gone through this same thing. I'm a CrossFitter, and I think a lot of people think that CrossFit burns a lot more calories than it actually does. So if you're training four to six times a week, I assume it's four to six hour long sessions, which is no different to any other strength session. And actually, if you are in a CrossFit gym, what tends to happen is that you're doing like a short little Metcon of maybe like 10 to 20 minutes. So really, actually, you might be burning less calories than anyone who's doing like a bodybuilding, like strength program. Um, and also another thing that doesn't help is that a lot of like these female CrossFit, CrossFit athletes are talking on social media about what I eat in a day and it's like 3000 calories and they're totally shredded. Now, these people are superhumans and they're, as I said, training for hours per day, never mind like four to six hours a week. So it's really helpful to know that because going into this with that sort of limiting belief being like oh my god these these calories are so low and I'm going to really really struggle just get that out of your head and and do this differently so 1700 will will be in a nice put you in a nice deficit because it's not your crossfit that's burning calories it's your steps it's the activity that you're doing throughout the day um and it will be a good way for you to find out like different food choices as well to keep you full and to lean into that hunger when when you're dieting you will feel hungry and some people are quite alarmed by that but it, it it's a good it's a good skill to have to learn how to deal with that yeah agreed <clears throat> and I think sometimes the CrossFit stuff is misleading because like you're saying you'll see an elite athlete who trains three or four times a day eating all of these calories and you're like well if I want to be that person I need to eat that much but I've just looked at your stats again just to make sure low activity levels, 78 kilograms, fat loss goal. So I would start here. The other thing is all of these targets are sensible start points. If you find that is too low, then we increase it a bit. And that's fine. Like you will still be in a deficit, but you'll be in a slightly smaller deficit, which means you have to accept that fat loss will be slightly slower, but that's certainly not lower than your base metabolic rate. I just wanted to make sure I've not made some huge error there and like missed something, but we're good. We're good. Okay, um, Claire, fitness trackers. I have my Garmin for triathlon training and my Apple Watch for everyday use. I'm trialing the Whoop band to help with recovery, etc. But when I think I do well, it says I have low recovery, which makes me feel bad. Basically, do you think you can get too obsessed with the numbers? I mean, as I was reading that, I was thinking... Obsessed with the numbers. You might have caught a little bit. Like, you definitely don't need a Garmin and an Apple Watch and a Whoop band. Does anybody actually, has anybody looked into the hoop band? Because as far as I'm concerned, I don't really know how you can monitor somebody's recovery levels. In a yeah, session. it's heart rate variability. Mm, yeah. Which there is some evidence of, but it does seem a bit ridiculous that, like, I don't think that evidence is stronger than your own perception of how you feel is yeah. probably a better indicator. Like, rather than that, I would probably keep a little like diary and I would ask yourself like a couple of questions every day like how's my energy levels today like how well did I sleep last night um like what's my performance like at the moment for my runs and things like that like and I would monitor that which is going to give you way more insight than than this band and it, it like I mean I know 
phones are even less accurate but someone asked me where I track my steps and I screenshotted like my steps from yesterday now it says it said that last night I slept for one hour and 30 minutes like I was in bed for like eight hours Mm. like it, it there's absolutely no correlation there between like how long I actually slept now a phone is obviously not as good as like the whoop band but there's still I wouldn't let a piece of tech tell you how you feel essentially and it does like so much if you've done the prep on this episode so the over the last week I've done five podcasts that's meant to set you up mentally for commit six if you haven't done them yet go and listen to them because they're so so important and it's an area that's massively underlooked at in terms of like how you will get results on your diet is setting you up to approach this mentally in the right ways as you listen to this uh, then think about this question a little bit because you'll see patterns I mean it doesn't cover this exactly but your expectation of things really impacts your reality so there's research that I go through that shows that your expectation of having like quote unquote bad genetics impacts how well you perform. And Claire, this would be interesting to you because it doesn't just impact like the outcome of like how far you could run, for example, but also your perceived exertion and also your rate of um, CO2 production compared to oxygen production. And like that kind of stuff and your heart rate at different exercise intensities, like on a physiological level, that stuff is changing because of your expectations. Now put this into your example. If your band is telling you that you're going to feel under recovered today, how do you think you're going to perform? Like if, if your expectation of having bad genetics can impact your performance, then absolutely a band telling you you're not very well recovered will also impact your performance. Like I would just be quite careful with these things because they're not always accurate. And if anything, they might give you like negative self-fulfilling prophecies. Okay, um, Catherine, you can answer this one. Liana, should we weigh in daily or weekly? If you can, and the scales don't massively impact your mood, I would get yourself to weigh daily. First thing in the morning, before you eat, before you drink, after you go for a pee, same place on the floor, same set of scales, every, keep everything consistent when you do weigh yourself daily. What that allows you is to get more data points and then that actually gives you more of an accurate representation of what your lowest weight is across time so if you were to weigh yourself for example like once per week you're going to miss out like that lowest weight at some point and you may be going to catch yourself on a higher day and then you're going to feel crap because like okay well this isn't working like my weight's not going down so the more data points you can get the better picture we can sort of paint and we know that scale weight is not like the only measure of progress either. It's one of many that we can use. It's an objective piece of data. And yeah, that's what I would do every single day, first thing in the morning. Agreed. And I think for, this is a hard one because some people like, I've got a poor relationship with scales, I don't want to weigh. That is absolutely fine. Like we're not going to force anyone to weigh and if it's negatively impacting you, fine. But sometimes people with a poor relationship with the scale start weighing every day and it improves their relationship with the scale. And I know that seems like counterintuitive, but because they can see how much it fluctuates every day and like their rational mind is like, but I had 1600 calories yesterday and 1600 calories today. And I did my exact same steps and I did a workout both days. How could my body fat, like where would, where would the fat possibly be being stored from? Like it's impossible. Then you kind of think, okay, so actually when my weight is fluctuating by 
you know two two three pounds every day or frequently throughout the week then I realized that those short-term changes in weight cannot be changes in body composition and it kind of frees you from those little fluctuations like tripping you up if you've tried weighing every day and you're still having a negative impact from the scales then cool we can look at progress photos or we can look at other measures of of fat loss but just bear in mind like the reason that people still use the scales despite all their limitations is they are still quite a good representation of fat loss over time it's just day to day we can't see that but like when you kind of start looking week to week and month to month actually those trends over time are useful and the other benefit of weighing frequently is you get to know your body so you get to know things like oh the week before my period actually I always weigh a bit more so next month I'm going to freak out a little bit less about that and not give up or not and that's the hardest time of the month because not only have the scales gone up motivation is often low sometimes you don't sleep as well you're a little bit grumpy a lot of the time you've got more cravings and all that combined with the scales jumping up and potentially poor body image as well then you just kind of think oh well what's the point I'm not going to do it anymore and it's a it's a time where a lot of people give up and then regret that giving up so just be aware aware of that and like reach out obviously if you are struggling and sometimes all it takes is you writing that out in a post to us and then like just a little bit of reassurance like that's all you needed just to make sure that you stay like keep 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 on keeping on okay lisa hump page i think that's how you say it um hi guys sorry joined a little late excited about starting i'm starting training for a half marathon in october and also hockey training on top of the workouts I'm going to try and save some calories for the weekend, but worried about having enough during the week to fuel my workouts, runs and training. Where is the line for going too low or is it trial and error? I'm on 1600 calories for fat loss. Thanks. Similar to previous questions. I think you answered. Yeah, I mean, that is a lot. And honestly, if you're trying to balance performance and fat loss, which you are, which is significantly harder, you have less flexibility or I would try to have less flexibility if you're like I really want to do well at CrossFit or I really want to do well at like my hockey and I'm training for a marathon like sorry but you can't be saving like loads of calories during the week because you just won't be able to fuel yourself and you'll have to be a bit stricter on the weekend if your goal is just like just fat loss and you don't mind like being a little bit lower during the week because you can go out on the weekend that's fine but if you want to balance performance as well like we're not going to bullshit you it is a bit harder and I wouldn't sway as much like maybe I don't think I would drop you under 1500 calories during the week so if you wanted to do 1500 during the week and then you've got an extra 500 calories on the weekend great but I wouldn't move much further than that yeah, I also I think, think oh sorry I didn't no 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 when you go Sean, when you go um so this last week like I'm kind of a bit of an all or nothing person when it comes to like a challenge and that last week I was like right I'm, I've had it with driving and, I, and I'd said, I'm not going to drive for one week. And I got a bike fixed and I cycled to and from where I was like cycling all over the place because the nature of my work is that I drive to and from the gym like two to three times a day. So I was cycling to and from the gym. Um, and what I was like totally buzzing, but I was absolutely ravenously hungry. See, going from like that level of activity, because I mean, I, I would probably get about 15,000 steps a day but then adding on all that cycling, I was just like really struggling to 
to like hold on to any sort of discipline with my diet because I was just absolutely starving. So I would say that sounds like you are going from one routine to training for a marathon, hockey training, and trying to hit the step target and trying to do all these strength workouts as well. You're going to really struggle to adhere. I think you're going to struggle to adhere to that low calories. So maybe think about like why am I why am I needing to do all of the, this activity? Yeah. Mm. Or the other thing is we can bring your calories up a bit, but as yeah. Shona is saying, like increasing expenditure massively means your hunger increases as well, and that can be really hard. And it's interesting because a lot of people lose weight training for a marathon. In fact, sometimes that's part of what people's motivation is. But actually, mm. and this is quite an individual response, a lot of people gain weight training for a marathon because their hunger ramps up so much and they have this thought that because they're running so much that they can eat so much and actually unfortunately we tend to burn way less calories than we would like to think doing exercise and so you're kind of overeating despite the fact you've increased your expenditure so maybe just do a post and let us know exactly I'm pretty sure I put you with Andy because of your performance goal um but tag Andy or tag your coach. I'm 99% sure it's Andy. And just write down like everything that you're doing. And it may be that we need to increase your calories slightly, or it may be that we need to think about, and, or it may be that we need to think about um, which workouts are most important here and prioritize a little bit. Yeah. I think that's always the issue when you spread yourself so thin on the number of goals that you have, as well as trying to live a life, live life as well. It, something is going to have to give and we're not saying that you're going to have to be like give up everything but you're going to have to pick and choose which is the most important which one comes higher up in the in the goal like the sort of the goal setting um so yeah pop a post up if you want if pop a post up in the facebook group and we can have a look at that agreed okay um Emma, most of my steps are done pushing a pram, which does not get picked up, up on my Fitbit. Any tips of keeping track of my steps in another way? Put your Fitbit in your pocket. That's what I do. Um, <laughs> well, that was easy, yeah. yeah. <laughs> or put it around your ankle and then people will be like, she might don't mess, Don't Did mess with her, she's that? been in the neck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I still can't get over that yesterday. <laughs> I put that in your group, didn't I? I thought it was a joke. No, someone in the gym was giving me advice about tax, and then I googled him, and he'd been in jail for (laughs) for tax evasion. And I was like, as if you hadn't learned your lesson, that you're still like, if anything, I'd be going around telling people like, like you have to pay your tax because I actually went to jail because of this. (laughs) Nope. Oh, hilarious. (laughs) Okay. Um, Emma's just saying god that was so obvious can't believe I didn't think of that well that's that's what you've paid for babe that's why you're here it's really insightful um okay right so before we started this I gave everyone five minutes to think about the one tip they would give to people starting commit six so Catherine you can go first oh I'm scared no not really um I think like I was trying to like relate it to so I work with like a lot of menopausal clients so I was trying to relate it my tip to those people although I feel like it can be it's it's useful for anybody really and that would be about like using comparison and the fact that you may be comparing your like yourself now 
to 20 years ago, 30 years ago, when you maybe like had more opportunity to move around and you had less responsibilities. Whereas now you maybe, you know, you have like young children and you have like family responsibilities, your career is progressing. There's like all those different things now that is completely different to what it looked like 20 years ago. So this like what you're doing now is going to need to be different to what you did before to say lose weight or maintain your weight or build strength whatever your goal is so like kind of be flexible in your approach just now and be open to trying it slightly differently and that would be like comparing yourself to yourself but also avoid comparing yourself too much to other people in like a negative light as well so if you're going to make comparisons between like your progress and somebody else's progress and commit to six is almost use that as like fuel to your fire like use it as inspiration more than like a I'm not losing fat as fast as this person is or I'm not getting as strong as this person is like use it as like a, a positive comparison but that would yeah, be I my think new tip I love that and I think looking at other people and being like well if they can do it I can do it as opposed to like seeing it as negative like oh they're getting more results than me this it kind of comes back to we had a discussion in the coaches chat about transformation photos and I actually think for a lot of people they're so motivational because they're like there's someone that looks like where I am now and has got to where I want to be and sometimes you're so fixed in your headspace of that's not possible and it's like look it is like someone who you know and it's not some bodybuilder it's just like Jane along the street who was overweight and then changed and now like she's been able to maintain this incredible physique like I get the issues with progress photos and we won't go into it today but I do think that that sometimes comparison in that sense can like break down your own self-imposed glass ceilings um, and re-menopause I think such a good point and menopausal women now probably don't give themselves enough credit for the fact that because everyone's living longer most women going through menopause now well not most but like many of them have kids who are like teenagers which I'm assuming is pretty freaking hard time anyway and then also elderly parents that they're trying to look after. And then also potentially at like the most stressful or high demanding part of their career, because normally by that stage, you know, they're not just, you know, maybe they're managers or maybe they have like a more stressful role in their job. So it's actually like there's a lot on you. And then you're going through this as well. Like give yourself some credit for that and like give yourself like you're saying some compassion for that as well, because I think previously and we, we're not talking that long ago, but because the because of how incredible medicine is now and people are living so much longer you know like menopause was like towards the end of your life and like maybe your elderly relatives had already passed away which means you don't have to then look after them like there wasn't as much stress and demand on on a woman who was like of menopausal age so that's something to definitely but that and, and again that's why you're here because do you know what you probably do need a bit more support and that's why that's why you've got us um, okay, Andy, what was yours? Sorry, who did you say there? It glitched, it just bumped, it paused Oh, sorry, there. Andy, what, what was your tip? Again, you're, the name, <laughs> the name skipped. You're, oh, you're, you, you go first, Andy, you go I'll first. first. I'll go first, I'll go first. Perfect. Um, right, so my, probably my tip is, as much as the majority of people coming onto the programme and the process will be looking at fat loss, I think that chasing the scale is something that you need to step away from. Um, Sorry, I'm I mean, laughing because Emma's like, pause. Yeah. And she's 
I know. I don't, does that mean that we're I can not hear you? Now, I don't know if you can hear me. So I can hear you. Keep going. Um, so yeah. So I think the for me, for me, chasing the scale needs to come out of your head. I think you need to focus less on the weight loss or the fat loss, sorry, and focus more on what you can gain in the next six weeks in terms of mindset, in terms of habit building, in terms of routine, in terms of being flexible around the routine. So if things get in your way, that you can change that routine to make it fit no matter what. Um, and yeah, so I think that we need to, the, the biggest tip I can give for anybody who is going on a fat loss journey or anything else is focus away from the scale. So don't put your focus fully on scale weight because at the end of the day it probably means the least mm-hmm. agreed have i stopped being paused really funny no, you just stopped smiling <laughs> yes oh well yeah. Yeah. You, it's a proper model picture as well it's just the right. smile yeah you look so happy <laughs> <laughs> we could be oh, talking about something really serious and Emma's like she's back she's back Oh, I'm back. Oh, great. You're back. Right, Shona, you go. (laughs) Okay, I'm really sorry about that. Because that was such a good point, Andy, and I just couldn't. (laughs) Yeah, I agree. Excellent point, Andy. Okay, so mine is um, use this process as a journey of self-discovery. This is an opportunity to deep dive into why you do the things that you do. Um, I think it's a bit cheesy to say this, but get curious. You know how like loads of people are saying that these days, but yeah, get curious. I I think the reason that a lot of people emotionally eat is because that is their sort of go-to habit. Whenever there's like something stressful or causes anxiety or is triggering, that is your go-to coping mechanism. So Emma's talked earlier about journaling you don't need to like whip out a pad and pen just like take a pause and ask yourself like why is this happening what why why am I feeling the way that I feel because sometimes your brain lies to you like what you're thinking and, and your thoughts and the sort of narrative in your head isn't always necessarily the truth so my advice is use this as a process to to like take pauses and ask why you're feeling the way that you feel because emotional eating is really really common and this will help you come up with some different coping mechanisms and again that will put you in a place for long-term success with your diet that's gold and I think you're right in that so many people basically put like a bucket under a leak with another diet or another thing they never actually figure out okay why is it that I'm overeating like that's the real question and then once you know what the problem is then you can find a solution rather than just being like oh yeah this will work for another six weeks of me just sticking something and then I'll go back to my old routine like use this time to really figure it out like what are the underlying reasons that maybe you are using um food as a coping mechanism and what is it that it's numbing for you or why are you doing that and can you find something else that's more beneficial to you to do or can you deal with that emotion and can you work on dealing with that emotion I think uh Shona has the highest rate of referring people to therapy (laughs) she's like yeah I worked with her for a few months then I decided actually she'd be better off going to a therapist and I think that like that's one of the amazing things about I would like to think all of us as coaches we genuinely want the best for you 
and if at some point we're like actually do you know what would be better a, a powerlifting coach because you want to do powerlifting or some therapy because maybe there's a couple of things that like you would benefit from dealing with mm-hmm. then we will refer you to those people especially what we have a pretty good network of incredible people now as well to refer you to but, but we're, we're also like I, I don't think that you have to do one or the other mm-hmm. like we're we're fully going to work with you and like I, so many more people are going to therapy these days and it doesn't need to be like a stop everything else it actually sometimes I think you get more from therapy when you're not necessarily like at rock bottom like sometimes oh, it's 100% yeah, yeah. so yeah like, and we, I, I agree like you don't need to stop doing this because you're doing that it's just could just be an add-on yeah um agreed agreed Mm -hmm. okay um I'm really impressed that they were all different I kind of thought we would all end up with the same ones but they're not and mine is and this is really my only rule for coaching and this is possibly like the only thing that like keeps me up at night my biggest stress is please please reach out if you're struggling I hate to think that people are like yeah I did commit six it didn't work for me I I was really struggling after week one and it's like reach out because we can help you with this stuff like all of your targets are based on the information you gave me they're they're changeable like if they're not working for you we can adapt them if you're finding it too hard to stick to them we can change them what we're not going to do is lower your calories massively in the first week but like these are all things that we're going to work with you to make sure it works for you and it's not really a case of like if I you know if I have a tough day you will have a tough day over the six weeks. Like you will have periods of time where the scales aren't dropping or you overeat when you didn't mean to, or you missed a gym workout or you got injured or you got COVID or like you need some support. And that is why we are here. And I completely understand that the hardest time to reach out is when you're actually struggling. Literally what Shona's just said that actually sometimes you benefit before you hit rock bottom because it's much easier to work on yourself before then. But you know, if you have had a slip up, reach out we're really good coaches but we're not mind readers yet so please please like talk to us if you're struggling because like now you've joined commit to six we are committed to you and we want the absolute best for you but we can't do that if you don't communicate and coaching is a two-way communication street no we're not really good we're fucking awesome coaches this is true the one thing we're not is we're not psychic yeah so this is as Emma's mentioning we can't tell if you're struggling we're we're not psychically linked unfortunately it would be amazing it would be a lot of thought process in your head though having to be psychic with so many people but reach out pop up a post up excuse me say that again too much caffeine pop a post up push a push pop pop a post up and um let us know that's that's how that's how you'll get the best out of this is um feedback yeah someone's just asked best way to reach out best way to reach out is in the facebook group that's where we always go first that's the first thing i check um the other thing is and we haven't spoken about this and i will briefly because i know we're over an hour now um the other thing is that andy does an accountability post every single day what time is it again half seven half seven uk time uk yeah sorry uk time where you essentially just review your day that's a really good opportunity to then like tag us in that if you need us. So if you're having great days and you're just ticking it off, like great, keep going. That's fantastic. But if you've had a day where you struggle, just tag us and be like, 
I really struggled to get my steps in today and it's been two days now and I just need someone to like I need a little bit of coaching or I don't know if I'm doing this right or I couldn't work out the workouts or you know whatever it is I went over my calories today I need a bit of a reset mentally so that tomorrow is not the same as today that's really good but please do tag us because a lot goes on in the group and we don't want to miss anything yeah um okay uh people are just so claire's just asking what's the best journal obviously it's the commit six journal um the Alice, vomit to six yeah <laughs> saying, do we all get the vomit to six journey or do we buy separately you have to buy separately diet. because um it's all done by amazon so i don't actually have any of them unfortunately um what no signed copies no what's going on? <laughs> well i ordered one for myself which is and here, then signed actually. it yourself. <laughs> to Emma. I actually think Emma. this is the one where I made some errors in it. I had to change it. <laughs> yeah, it probably is. Anyway, that's where you can get it. Um, the analyst is asking, is it 7.30 p.m.? Yes, yeah, so Andy will do a post at 7.30 p.m. You'll get a little notification. It's just an accountability thing. Runs through, like, assessing your day. And that's really just more for a self-assessment of essentially forcing you to be like, how was my day? Is there anything I need to change for tomorrow? Then obviously, if you're struggling, that's a great place to tag us and reach out. Or, you know, if if you're like, oh, I've got a holiday coming up and I know you've already discussed it, but I am still a bit worried about X, Y, and Z. Great, do a post, tag us, we'll give you some reassurance. So much of coaching is reassurance and don't feel silly about asking for that because that is like a huge part of our job. And we're always happy to do that. Yeah, the accountability is no judgment. There is no judgment on it, and there's no comparison there either. So you may be seeing somebody who's ticked all the boxes, and you've maybe ticked only two of them. That's no comparison on you. We don't know, or you don't know, what the difference is between your lives, your lifestyles. So be honest. Don't um, stress about it. If you've had a bad day, say you've had a bad day. It's just one of these things, you know, where it's never going to be plain sailing. And as Emma's always talks about is imperfect action you know perfect is great if you can get all the boxes ticked but actually you'll learn more in the days where you don't tick the boxes and what you can do to make it work going forward agreed okay awesome guys i'll let everyone go shona and i will be back this week on wednesday at 12 30 for podcast so if you have any questions post them on that question post and we will get to those bye everyone au revoir